0: This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 207. Steve Miller on Fat Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Wow, this is a conversation that has a ton of takeaways inside of it, a lot of interesting discoveries and points of view, which may not be the standard that's out there. And I'll just go ahead and kick this off appropriately uh, by saying that this might not be a conversation for everybody, though I'd share the further into this dialogue that Steve and I went, the more I was realizing that this is an aspect that many of us can start to model, let's say, in our own unique ways that allows us to let the entire process becomes even more hypnotic in nature. Uh, Steve Miller joins me from over in the UK and really what puts Steve on the map is a kind of Well, blatantly direct, uh, very authoritative methodology of working specifically with weight loss clients and under the branding of fat gnosis. And you're going to hear some rather colorful language. You're going to hear some rather abrupt dialogues inside of this. And what I find to be interesting about this, and let's kind of rewind this whole dialogue back a little bit further. Uh, The original, the origin story of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast was that very early in my hypnosis training, I was introduced to kind of an absolute way of looking at the world around me, that this is the one method that produces change. If you're not using this one technique or one specific system, you're not going to get permanent results. And the further into this community I went, uh, let's expand that old metaphor, the Kool-Aid was going bad. I was no longer drinking that Kool-Aid. Now, at its core, though, I'm not one who steps back and goes, these are bad people, because... You know, in some of these protocols, yes, these folks do teach some of those individual strategies, I'll say it better than most, yet the idea that it has to be this one specific thing, uh, otherwise, it's not going to work. Well, that's BS. And let's throw that out. And as a business guy myself, that's what we call marketing, uh, as opposed to a real tested proven statement. So what's interesting, though, is that sometimes you start to find some interesting popular opinions. And yet by breaking out of that bubble that often sometimes trainings want us to fall inside of, Uh, instead, you start to discover there's something else beneath it. So you know, when you hear some of the language that Steve makes use of in this conversation, recognize that At its core, it does begin as we eventually get uh, all uh, fancy with our hypnotic language patterns and refer to it instead as the pattern interrupt, which then is creating that Elmanian opening wedge to then fire off a very specific, positive and very much loving, heart filled statement. So he is not using this language to put down his client. If anything, as I talk about rapport and the idea of moving toward the intended outcome, as opposed to reinforcing the negative state, he's using this confrontational style of language to kind of call out the positioning that they've gotten into, but then immediately follow it up with here's how you're going to take better care of yourself. Here's how, as he lovely says, we're going to smash it together. He also does a great job. and listen for this moment a little bit later in the conversation where there's something to be said about recognizing, and I'm going to use this phrase in the most positive, loving way I can, uh, there are certain things that some of us can get away with and some of us can't quite get away with. And you'll hear me tell the story around a specific stage hypnosis routine That if I was the younger male in my 30s doing this bit with uh, high school teenagers, it was creepy. But if it was the, let's call it the more grandmother character running the routine, it was hilarious. So to be aware of what your, let's call it type, what your typical communication pattern is, though really the essence of this dialogue is on top of everything, it's all customizable. It's a very different way of approaching how we interact with our clients. And again, the origin story of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast is all about reaching out to people who are doing some rather interesting work and, oh, man, this is interesting stuff. And letting this be that place where they can share their opinions and let you, the listener, decide what is appropriate that's good fit for you, what's appropriate for someone else, and if appropriate, to then follow forth and get more information on that. So really, listen to this dialogue. Even if some of the dialogue offends you, go check out that Grindr uh, video clip that I mentioned uh, in this dialogue, too. If some of the dialogue challenges you, recognize that that's an opening. Now, it may not be the opening that you would necessarily care for or the dialogue or the model of the world that fits with you, yet here's the thing. In our businesses, in our marketing, that push and pull, that propulsion system that Steve and I talk about in this conversation, we are looking to attract the clients – that are a perfect fit for how we're going to work together. And at the same time, we are looking to propel away those people who are, let's phrase it this way, not yet a fit for how it is we we'd work together. And I'd be very open and share, here's a person who scheduled a call with me yesterday that within three minutes, I was referring him to someone else. And it's not from the point of view that I couldn't help him. It was me going, here's how you and I would work together. And I don't see that's a fit. I think you'd be a better fit with this specific person. They do excellent work. Tell them I said, hi, I wish you the best. And a huge thank you. They're now booked, and I'm sure this client is going to do phenomenally well. So what Steve is doing excellently, is that a word? What he's doing expertly, we'll go with that one, is the fact that, again, attracting those people who that's what they're looking for. That's what they're hearing and saying, that's what I need, which, Just to give a disclaimer to this, yes, we get off into the dialogue about the gastric banding style weight loss protocols, which at its core is kind of doing the same thing. It's getting people to respond to a metaphor and say, that's what I need. That's what's going to help me. And by responding to that, they are giving you that hypnotic contract to say they want more. So, with that client, I can run the metaphor of the gastric ban. The same as the person who's coming in for quitting smoking is already buying into the idea that they're going to throw their cigarettes out here. All they have to do is nothing, and they're going to walk out with that result. The person coming in with that fear of success business mindset is recognizing that I'm going to call out in a very friendly, loving way everything that they're doing to stand in the way of their own success and use all of that old bs as the catalyst as to every reason why they can create outstanding results in their sessions and the same way that steve is putting forth that energy that mindset that character that again from a very genuine place here's how we're gonna smash this problem together and those people are coming in ready for him to um politely call them names and call them out and help them to create the intended result and some amazing success stories along the way. So a little bit longer of an introduction here because it's where, you know, w- without the intro, some would immediately turn off. Yet, trust me, this is one you're going to want to listen to the entire way through. Check out Steve's work. I think he's doing some really fascinating stuff, getting some great results and inspiring others in brand new ways. And if you're looking to grow your business, head over to Hypnotic Business Systems. Uh, Again, so many people are not quite where they ought to be in the shape of their business. And it's not just the strategy. It's also the mindset. And hypnotic business systems is where I've captured the what's working now as well as the what's worked in the past library to give you actionable strategies and plans to get out there and promote your business uh, done for you marketing campaigns, which shortcut the learning curve for you. And nowadays, we're actually offering that now with an all access pass, you can check that out over at HypnoticBusinessSystems.com and start growing your success right away. In fact, there's the opportunity to sign up on a payment plan, which is great, because I love the testimonial that says I earned my money back on this program and much more even before I finished paying the thing off. Check that out, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, buckle up for a wild ride. This is an amazing conversation. Listen the whole way through. This is session number 207, Steve Miller on Fat Gnosis.
1: Oh, the first thing that got me interested in hypnosis was that I had um, – I had panic attacks, but I was also going to have a wisdom tooth extraction. And I was absolutely crapping my knickers at the thought of having it done. So what I did was I contacted a local hypnotherapist. This is this is like 20 years ago. And it was brilliant. So I was so inspired by it. I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to train in this. So there you go. I went and I found that I was really good at it, mainly because – Actually, I believe that there needs to be a little bit of drama in hypnosis Mm -hmm. because I believe that if uh, a hypnotherapy session is too beige, then the power of the suggestion is pretty neutral.
0: Right. Yeah. And I. what do you think is behind that? Because I share my thought on that is that they're calling us because they're looking for a hypnotist. They have an expectation that they've already created in their mind. And if we're a little too, I love that term beige, if they're a little too beige in that delivery of it, then it kind of brings about the classic. Well, I, I felt relaxed. I don't know if I was actually hypnotized. Yes. You see, I will disagree on what you said at the start, because actually, I think they call us for a
1: result. Mm hmm. The client calls me when people call me, they want me to either stop them being fat, um, make them more confident for certain things, such as a job interview or a a business interview or a, a public speaking engagement. And they want a result. That's what they want. And actually, they don't really care about what hypnosis is i mean they have a little interest but it's kind of you know they've heard of hypnosis and its application to helping me lo- helping them lose weight and helping them become more confident and to become less anxious and in certain situations and that's where the focus is and i'm very assertive with clients as well in that i say i always start a session with asking them well always not always but most of the time by saying to them you know what is it today you want me to put into your head? Because that is exactly what I'm going to do. Nice. And, and, you know, I, I kind of found the Steve Miller way and it works beautifully. 20, you know, when I started in hypnosis, I was useless and I was useless because I was a head tilter. I was a head tilter to the left doing, you know, let's take you through the meadows with your bare feet and feel the rain Mm -hmm. falling on (laughs) you. It achieved very little, if anything. And it was the day that my I said to my partner, because I was so frustrated with it all, I said, do you know what? I just want to tell these people like it is, especially the weight loss, because that became the niche. And he said, well, why don't you then? And I thought, do you know what? Absolutely. And from that day forward, I've not looked back.
0: Yeah. So for those that aren't familiar with your work, and I, I'd give you, the audience, a little bit of a perspective here. I'm on your website at the moment. And, uh, you know, folks in my crowd have heard me talk about how you want to thingify your offering, that rather than sign up for my, uh, you know, newsletter, which the playful phrase is, nobody wants your damn newsletter, uh, instead, give them something specific. And, you know, I'm on your website, uh, yourweightlossmaster.co.uk, and there's one thing, of course, that says 21 tactics to f- to kill your food cravings, which that's excellent. And then I scroll down further, and I see the outstanding headline <laughs> of... Um, you probably are already smiling because you know where I'm going with this. Uh, the opt-in offer of how not to be a massive fatty.
1: Yeah, and you know what, people love it. Well, they love it or hate it. And my, you know, my personality is is very straight. It's very practical, but it's very caring as well. And the opt-in, the opt-in that you refer to. The way that I've actually, if you, if we're talking about business here, the way that I've always got people to opt in is, yes, I've used the odd Facebook advert, but actually I jump online and I tell them to opt in, but mm. I tell them the benefits of opting in. Yes. And what I do, and I say this to all hypnotherapists, you've got to have that level of conviction, confidence, and credibility. Three Cs, conviction, confidence, credibility. If you don't have that, you are completely fucked to be quite frank with you. That's my my belief. Um, but I think people can nurture that. I do believe that. Not all. I think there's some dreadful hypotherapists out there, but there are also some damn good ones and there's some in the middle that need to just step up and, you know, engage with those three Cs.
0: So let's talk about that conviction side of things because there's the, the classic story of Jerry Kind would tell the students, no matter what they call for, tell them, oh yeah, I work with that all the time. That's easy. The, which... To be cautious around that if someone's calling for something that clearly you've never heard of before yet to put it in the perspective of yes i can help you with that you know the classic line of the first person you hypnotize being yourself though again they're reaching out to us because yes they want to create that change and to really let, let's call it out we're selling the result we're selling the effectiveness as much as we're selling every step of the process
1: yes i think what we're selling as well is our ourselves? We're selling ourselves because, you see, I believe with hypnosis, it's it's not all about the eye closure stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's very much about uh, what people read about us, what people see from our marketing online, from what people see when we jump on live Facebook live feed. And by the way, so many hypnotherapists are terrified of doing that. God knows mm-hmm. why, but because they treat public speaking and. Uh, and, and, and those are the core suggestions. And I have to say this, and this is not about being arrogant, it's true, no. is is um with my fatties, and I do call them fatties, and, you know, some therapists will say, oh, you shouldn't be calling them fatties. I say, oh, fat off. So what I say <laughs> is, you know, with a lot of those guys that I've helped, and there's a lot of them, is – I often don't do very much what what we'd call hypnosis because it's the way that I talk. I believe in a form of hypnosis that is talking eyeball to eyeball. And it's about that person feeling, you know, my goal is to get that person to really feel that they have belief in the belief that they will achieve whatever it is they want to achieve simply by conversing with me. Now, I believe that's hypnosis, and I believe the good people can do that.
0: Yes. So I'd share my personal take on it, which is one that really drew me to look at your stuff originally and also why we're having this conversation, which is somebody who used to be about maybe 70, 80 pounds heavier than I am now. There's power in using the words that we're actually using on ourselves that here's someone who is putting forth and yes, for every specific thing, there's going to be an audience for one and an audience for the other. Yet to look at, you know, oh, you can do this for yourself and all the positive language and all this encouraging language that unfortunately, you know, maybe 20 years ago when I was that size, wasn't the language that I was using on myself, Mm. that I look at a website like yours. And those are the words that are they good? Are they positive? That's not the dialogue. Oh, that was where I was inside of it. And to use that in such a way that now that grabs the attention. I'm
1: oh, sure. absolutely. And, and you know, and, and it reminds me of one of my um, marketing posters or whatever you call it, a digital one, which actually says, um, don't be a fat bitch, be a slim one instead. Now, <laughs> and weirdly, because the audience I go for is mainly women, is They love it because they call themselves that. Mm -hmm. So what I do with this rapport bit, I guess, is I say, yes, of course, at the moment you're calling yourself that. But I tell you what, let's be a slim one instead. And the amount of laughter I get, the amount of buy-in I immediately get is fantastic. And I think you're right. You've got to use, to a degree, the language that people are using themselves so that you connect
0: with them. Well, I mean, it's a bringing about a level of being provocative in the process in such a way that is respectful and is kind of meeting people where they are, that we look at this classic mindset of, oh, I'm going to sit like you sit, I'm going to use your words, and now you're going to like me that may not be the best intention, especially oh, if you're not... You know
1: what, Jason? Oh, you're on, I was... I,
0: I trained you already of, your head. We're on the same page.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I was trained in all of this NLP stuff and it's wonderful and all that. Do you know what? I've binned it. And I tell you why. Because I, I found all this cross your leg when they cross your leg and lift your arm when they lift your arm and say these words because they're saying them. You know, it was so knackering that mm. I was just thinking, I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm just copying it. And since I've become myself more free in the way i engage with people um my results are so much better my results that that we
0: can build better rapport by moving towards the outcome do you know
1: this is my view on rapport right you tell people something let me get this right you tell the person what they really want but the way you construct the language has to be very emotively strong so let me give you an example Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of hypnos will know this often i will say to uh, a client um of course you're too gorgeous to be fat you know and um and i will say no more the fatty and i will say the you know like i mentioned earlier of you know don't be the fat bitch be the slim one instead because that's the language they use and it's no wonder that so many fat people adore steve miller Mm-hmm. It's mainly a portion <laughs> of hypnotherapists that um they're starting to get it now, but they certainly didn't in the early days. God knows why. Um, but th- they've come round. And then, you know, that's why fatnosis was born. Fatnosis was born because I didn't particularly find a lot of models that were out there were inspiring the public. Mm-hmm. And um Uh, all of this you know pretend you've had an operation and you'll be thin Um, you know I just didn't find it was very it didn't work for me and I found that what worked for people better was something stronger and that's not about being horrible but something that's more authoritarian constructively authoritarian something that is positively aspirational and also humorous at times mm-hmm. because if i i know when i when a client when i've got a client laughing yes. as well as i'm being direct with them well uh, their weight just falls off them just falls off them but i tell you now if i was doing walk in the meadow or walk into the mentally imagine you're walking into an operating theater and you're having a, a gastric band i'm telling you now my results would be shite
0: mm-hmm.
1: because maybe it's because i don't believe in all that i don't know maybe i'd project that that's probably the argument
0: you know well maybe. i'd say what's what the strength is is you found the way to bring you into the process in such a way that it is entirely focused on the client's well-being it's entirely focused on benefiting them and, and that use of humor and let's call it out that ability at times to shock the mind if we want to get really creative with our hypnotic terminology you know there's that pattern interrupt There's that opening wedge to the mind. i I share, there's a story years ago, which the end of the story first, this guy was successful and has sent at least 10 people since we met, but he's on the phone with me. His goal is to quit smoking. And no matter what question he asks me, he's interrupting me when I answer, you know, he's being very abrasive. He's being very short with me and just not giving me the chance to actually answer the question he's just asked. And finally, I see the window where he goes, I don't know, is this going to change me? Mm-hmm. And I just have to respond, well, sir, respectfully, it sounds like you're a bit of an asshole. And yeah. by the time we're done, you'll still be an asshole, but you'll be an asshole who doesn't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> and the silence was a little too long to be comfortable, but he now responds perfectly. I like you.
1: Let's do this. Yes. And uh, do you know what? I don't know if it's a culture thing, but I find Americans are much more able to communicate with the client like you've just described. Really? Yes. I may be generalising, stereotyping, yeah. but my, my experience tells me of engaging with both countries and cultures and hypnotherapy people, is that the Americans tend to be more direct, or they feel more comfortable to be direct. Mm. Not at all. Um, over here, we have such a pool of uh, waterfall <laughs> healing, bloody pioneers that that still think that hypnosis is all about relaxing people in a chair Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i don't think it delivers the results i don't no it might be very nice but i say to people you know they might as well go for a massage
0: well it's what you said earlier about that experience that yes the sitting there eye to eye having the conversation and changing that belief structure that's just as much hypnosis as close your eyes and now here's this magical moment of phenomenon that really, if we're using that hypnotic process at the end, let's use that to kind of ratify the change that we already can see that we've set in motion, yet now here's the thing that's going to lock that in place even further. Yes. So walk me through it. Someone comes in to work with you. They've already uh, interacted with you by way of you know, the media, online, media, elsewhere. How does that process typically kick off with you?
1: Well, they'll walk in and if the person's really fat, um I will say I will say to them, My God, we've got a bit to work on it with my darling, but we are gonna sort it, right? Mm-hmm. So and uh, another example would be, and it's a true story, a lady sits in front of me and says, uh, a, a single lady who wants to date again, and she says, who in earth's gonna look at me looking like this, Steve? And she's very, very fat. And I turn to her and I say, at the moment, my darling, very few people will, because most men aren't chubby chasers. And I'll tell you what she said to me. How refreshing. No one's ever told me that. It's bloody true. And she laughed her head off, and I said, but we're going to sort it. Beautiful. And do you know what? We did. And she went on to get a much younger man. A good honour. Um, but you see, if I was sitting there talking about, oh, but it's important you are, you need to value you and, you know, love yourself and all of this. What I'm doing in my common sense tells me I'm just telling her to accept being a big fatty who no man will look at and that's her, her world. And she'd probably be really disappointed because I'm just saying, well, yeah, life's shit. Where actually, I need to inspire her. And to inspire her is about what you said, pattern interrupt, which is, yes, you are too fat at the moment. It is unlikely most men won't be interested in you, but mm-hmm. by God, are we gonna change this? And that's when my tempo of communication changes. So I've, I've kind of done a, a whack of truth, But then I've said, but do you know what? And what the indirect suggestion there is, of course, is you can believe in me because I'm damn well going to get this result with you. Yes. Right. And that is the approach I take at the the beginning. And then really with with Gnosis, it's all I mean, there is a session structure. But to be quite honest, it's all about tailoring it. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I tailor it. It is what I call an authoritarian protocol. And often people say, oh, that's about bullying people. No, it's not. It's about delivering suggestion tailored to that person that they want and delivering that suggestion with one hell of a confidence and one hell of a conviction. And if I don't do that, I've failed.
0: I'd share a correlation here that, and we'll link to this in the show notes at uh, worksmarthypnosis.com, that if you look on YouTube and just search John Grender alcoholism, there's a great video. It's like this extended clip of a lecture where he points his finger at the person coming in to quit drinking and says, I want to congratulate you on successfully becoming an alcoholic. And I need you to, and I need you to continue to drink. And I'm paraphrasing. I need you to continue to drink excessively. Mm. That's what I need you mm. to do until you and I can find a better way to resolve whatever it's giving you. Yes, which, yeah. which is that place of that structure of what you're saying. There, here's that thing that is not what they're expecting to hear. Or if they've been following you to some degree, they're kind of expecting that. And how mm. dare you not mm. deliver that at that point? Mm. <laughs> but they have this expectation and here you are now, instead of saying you're fine as you are, again, back to the language that they're using. But mm. then here comes that interrupt and we're going to sort this thing out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, oh, absolutely. All the time. And people often say to me, oh, do people cry? You know, do,
1: do, do you make people cry? And I'm like, I make people bloody smile. That's what I do because I deliver it with warmth. That's important. I deliver the strong message with warmth. The client knows I'm on their side. They just, I don't have to say I'm on your side. They know it. They feel it because it's in here in my head. I'm projecting that. Um, But in in 20 years, I think I've had three clients that have cried and they've reacted, or, you know, as they've just got upset talking about things, Mm. you know, and But I make the process. I don't make it too complex. I don't make it too complex. And I read online all the time, you know, about root to cause and all of this, that and the other. And I think to myself, actually, do I really need, you know, and I have had and do have people that I see that have had uh, abuse, you know, childhood abuse and all that sort of thing. And... um, have I said, people say to me, would you say to someone, we're going to, we, you're going to move forward and you're going to get over it? Well, I wouldn't quite put it like that, but I tell you what I would say. I would say, you're going to damn well listen to me. And through the power of hypnosis, we are going to smash that past so that you create the brightest future that you never, ever imagined you could have. Trust me, we're going to sort this. That's my root cause. Yeah. And that's my route to cause whatever the cause is, and smash it. And move on.
0: That's great. So, is there a story of working with someone specifically that kind of highlights uh, this sort of relationship that you've built and the results that you've created with people?
1: You mean my my clients? Yeah, specific client well, that comes so to mind. Many. I mean, Jason, there's so many, but I think um, well, this I'll to give you two examples. There was there was yeah, here's two examples. It's true. The first one is weight and the other one's not, and I'll tell you both. The first one, weight loss, disabled lady. Uh, I've worked with quite a lot of disabled people. This one really made me laugh. And she came, she arrived and she was in her wheelchair. Her husband, blah, blah, blah. And she came in and she said, look at me, blah, blah, blah. Just, t- j- just tell me, get it in my head. I need you to put it in my head that I'm gonna not eat as much and all of that typical stuff. I did one session and I did it strong, okay? I was, I said, right, What I started, what is it you want me to put in your head? Because that's exactly what I'm gonna do today. And it was all about control. It's often about control with with people with weight issues. So it was all about control. So I blasted it straight up. Two years later, I heard from that lady. She lost all the weight. She said, something clicked that day, Steve. And and she said, You, you know, I get embarrassed with praise, but she did say you changed, you completely changed my life. That was that was one disabled lady, fat, miserable, blah, 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 you know, and she went for it. And then the other one, another true story, I love this one, is where a lady had hadn't been out of the house for about two years, and uh, her husband called me and said, would you see her? Because we've heard about you. And I think you're what she needs. And I said, OK. So anyway, she agreed to come and see me and get in the car, came to my room. And again, it was the same process. And she hadn't been out the house for two years. Straight mm. up story. And I said, again, what is it you want me to put into your head? Because that's exactly what I'm going to do. Did all that. And then at the end of it, I said to her, right, what you will do now, madam is you will go home, you will put on your walking shoes, you will walk around your estate, and you will message me as you're doing it. No excuses. You're going to do it. She did it. Mm -hmm. And then the week after, she went to London on her own on a shopping trip thing. You know, and it's there's something in, and don't get me wrong, I don't poo-poo all analytical hypnosis and all of that. I don't. But there is something very strong and powerful about being warmly, warmly authoritarian.
0: I mean, to even go back and look at some of the work of Milton Erickson, as much as people would credit that, oh, it's a more indirect style of work. There are some extremely direct stories. You know, here's the day that, you know, climb to the top of this hill in Arizona and collect your thoughts. And the reason he was doing that was that, again kind of on the trend of the conversation, here was someone who the intention of that was to realize how out of shape they had gotten. Mm. You know, so that was the intention, mm. telling the person who was wetting the bed, well, what time do you normally do that? Three in the morning. Okay, good. Set your alarm for 2.45, stand up and do it on purpose. Yeah. And, and these, which of course the person didn't do that and yeah. yet also stopped wetting the bed. To find this place where that environmental suggestion, which I love the aspect of, well, d- to p- call out a previous conversation on here, I had Felix Akanamakis oh. on a while ago and just talking about the responsibility side that here's what you're going to do you're going to get out, you're going to walk, and you're going to text oh. me the entire way through. Um, oh. Behind me on the shelf is uh, Four Hour Body by the author Timothy Ferris. And he tells the story, I think it's in that book, of talking with a friend. And here's someone without any formal hypnosis or NLP training, but does this stuff beautifully. In that book, he tells the story of helping a friend lose about a hundred pounds. Mm. And how did he do it? Well, you know what? Over the next over the next year, you can eat whatever you want, mm. whatever you want. Go ahead and eat it, but you have to text me a photo of it before you eat it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the good.
0: story goes, the friend never sent a single photo, mm. yet dropped the weight. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? So I think the other
1: the, there's one other actually that I want to talk about. Which yeah, is, uh, one of the one which. um is a lady, a very um, affluent lady, um, aligned to the legal profession, and uh, as well as other stuff. And and I said to her, "What is it you want me to put in your head?" Because that's what I'm going to do today. And she said to me, "I want you to put into my head that if I don't do something, I will remain a fat bitch that no man will ever want to make love to." And I said, "Right." you are a fat bitch that no one man would ever want to make love to. But my, uh, and again, I go through, you know, so I've, I've kind of finger wagged and then I go the cuddle stuff with the inspirational stuff and we're going to sort it and we're going to enjoy it. And you're going to have more men looking at your ass than you've known in years. Now I can get away with that because I'm gay. I understand that. But it just illustrates that actually when you get on the level of what your client really wants... You've got that's rapport for me because you're talking their world. And what you're not doing is disagreeing by saying things like, oh, but you're lovely the way you know, you're lovely inside and all of that wet
0: stuff. Which back to the rapport. I mean, that's building rapport back to where the problem was, as opposed to the reason they've hired you for your service Mm. is helping them move forward. I love the theme you just brought up there, which is that at times, you know, here's that aspect of who we are. That, you know, can become every reason why I can get away with something a little bit differently. I'm uh, my character trait is I'm five foot four, so rather small. And here's the big, massive, massive guy who comes in and just the state of that, you know, he's standing and I'm standing and it looks like I'm sitting. Uh, <laughs> there are things that I can get away with in that environment. I look to yeah. what got me started in all of this is the stage hypnosis that I was doing programs for schools. And again, to have that moment where here's the massive person who's standing and towering over me, when meanwhile, here's a female stage hypnotist that can do, you know, the the dance with the hypnotist bit, and you're going to get jealous if you see someone dancing with me, which yeah. me as the, um, oh, let's call it out, attractive 36-year-old male, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't get away with that as easily as someone else, let's say. Uh, without any negativity towards this next, you know, judgment style. But here's the grandmother character mm. that she can play that differently. So I'm curious in training other people, because this is something you teach. What are some of those modifications that you've seen people do to make it more their style that fits with their personality, with their character? Well, first of all, I'm I'm a bit
1: hypnotized myself knowing you're five foot, you're five foot four. Yes. I can't believe that. <laughs> I really expected you to be a lot taller. I'm only five for eight, but you know, there you go.
0: I recently well, got the I upgrade that they now give me what's called economy plus, which is where I get the automatic upgrade to the four <laughs> inches of legroom, which I don't need, which means I have to take off my seatbelt to reach my computer bag. It's really annoying, but I'll take it.
1: <laughs> so, so I get. I think what you're asking me is when I train people to be a fatness practitioner, how do I get it so they're comfortable to be them? Is that what yes? You're, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I get. You. Right. Within it's it's factnosis is a bit elastic. So so what I mean by that is that there is a set structure, and there are dare I say it? I'll be told off for this scripts. Mm -hmm. There's all this debate: burn your scripts and whatever. And I get that. However, the scripts can be are tailored to the client, individual client. So there are scripts. There are motivational um, tools, interventions that we can do with clients as well and again they're tailored and uh, and then there's the 80/20 meal planning routine and creative portion control techniques so you've got all of those now when it comes to the personality side you don't have to be like me right so what but but the philosophy is that the, the, the principles are that we do say to a client if you don't lose weight every week we take you off the program and you get a pro rata refund that's to illustrate its straightness. And also, the um, we use the word fat. So I would say to hypnotherapists, if you're comfortable using the word fat, don't bother coming on the fatnosis program. And we let clients know if they are making excuses. We tell them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we then encourage them to give us a solution. And we text our clients as well. So we can text them and SOS them. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, you've got all of these processes, tools, and strategies, and you've got surrounding that a number of philosophies, if that's the right word, yeah. And therefore, you can use your own personality. So, for example, if if I take Stevie Chan for example in Northern Ireland, he's a the fat nose practitioner there, very different to me, but his results are incredible. The same with Karen Brindle in Leeds, you know, very different to me. Um, she's brilliant. And it's because they use all of that that process and tools and strategies, but they they do stick to the philosophy of no excuses. You lose weight or you're off the program. Da, 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 da.
0: Nice, nice. Tell me a little bit more about it. Sounds like there's what we can kind of brand as conscious programming or just simply giving strategies. You mentioned like an 80 20 something in there.
1: Yeah, the 80, with, with the food element of fatnosis, we keep it really simple. So we say 80% of the time to eat pretty well, healthily, and 20% of the time to have a bit of what you fancy. Mm-hmm. So let, I'll tell you something I did last night, because uh, a lot of nerds won't know I do this. But with my online people, clients, I, um, we had a dinner party. And I do this sometimes. So, so what I did was we all got our two course meal, and I said make it eighty twenty, so I can kind of we all get ideas from each other. Come at seven o'clock. Uh, I'll do it via live feed. You can be posting your pictures. We can have a chat, and I will deliver some kind of techniques, things you can be doing as you're eating your meal. So, so we did things like you know, let's make it last and le- le-. so if you if I've got a binger, for example you know, they are following my lead. Hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, and we have a bit of laugh as well. I mean, I drink gin and tonic while I'm doing it. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? And um, and it and it works really well. So so um, I don't know how I've got onto that, but you must have asked me something to do with it.
0: No, what's um, great about that is, I mean, I can think of someone who I just wrapped up a while ago that she she was successful working with me, yet the challenge that kind of motivated it was this was the type of person who, every single week was flopping over to a different program. Mm. You know, that no, 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 I have to do this thing now. No, 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 it's gotta be that strategy now. Mm. And uh, I love the eighty twenty principle. There's um, mm. a person in the fitness world by the name of Jordan Syatt, uh, yes. which for those that track uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Jordan's his trainer, that's his sort of oh, legacy. Right, okay. Yeah, which um, in an interview with him, he quoted the great statement that he goes, if you're perfect every single day, you're gonna hit your goal in 12 mm. weeks. If yeah. you're pretty good most of the time, fourteen, yeah, exactly. Relax. I like that. Yeah, I had I a guy that. one time, and who... that's what. And it keeps it, it, it keeps it real.
1: And and I mean, the other thing that I do is, um, a, a, occasionally, I'll throw like a little garden party for the clients that have lost weight. And and you know, <laughs> when I started doing it, people say, "Oh, what about ethics and what about boundaries?" And I sort of give it, you know that miller look (laughs) they all frigging know that other clients will be coming they're human beings with a personality do you know what i mean and um i do that sort of thing i sometimes will help them if they want to shop you know you get some women that have never been in a what they call the normal shop for years and sometimes i'll meet them in town and say right come on off we go then Mm -hmm. and i like to see my work with the clients as well it's like it's a community you know it's a community so i do do things like uh, like the the extras that maybe aren't formal hypnosis
0: well it's again where you're kind of modeling the results of what people have noticed so far and then using that as the catalyst to then bridge to the next step where i'm sure this is something that's continuing to develop the more you do it that it's not yes, just stuck and- in one specific model yeah, and the other thing to remember, of course, and
1: you will know this as a business guy as well, is they're my salespeople. Mm-hmm. They're my salespeople. I don't have – I'm not desperate for clients. Like mo- Most people in the UK, I'm telling you now, no matter what crap they tell you, they struggle to get clients. A lot yeah. of them really struggle. Well, that them.
0: tends to be a standard, I think, everywhere. I mean, I, I well, recently I mean, got a call that, you know, with a number of other – the book that just came out, a number of their projects in the works – you know, I, I shortened my office hours down to only see a maximum of 10 people a week rather than the 15 oh, as I was seeing oh. before. And the immediate feedback was, you're only seeing 10? I can barely get four or five. Yeah. That, again, to look at this abrupt nature and apply this even to how we even talk to ourselves about our business, to be okay with the statement of going, as you said earlier, I'm really good at this. And it's my ethical responsibility to share oh, this with people oh, oh, oh. and motivate them to take action and share this outstanding service with people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And too many people I, I, are I,
0: apologizing I, at that offer at that moment of making the sales offer.
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is with hypnos with their business, but I, they, they seem to <clears throat> if they say to me, you know, what is it to get clients? i was i always tell them about this it's common sense social proof i mean it just is but you still get people saying what about the ethics of that and clients wouldn't want to tell the world that they're anxious bullshit absolute bullshit because i can point the good ones out in the uk they're loaded with social proof obviously Mm -hmm. with the express permission of the client yes but there's a lack of conviction here there is a big big lack of conviction of people being able to put themselves out there and inspire the public to understand that actually the 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 the, uh the tool we have the craft we have uh can help them achieve things in their life we do not we don't seem to have the conviction to put that message out there and I say it all the time because my my actual um, client attraction program is called hyp- now called hypnotic client attraction because actually you're hip- you hypnotize your clients, you hypnotize your prospects. That's what you do to bring them in. That's why, you know, I can get, if I wanted 30 clients a week, I could have them because you use hypnotic principles, phenomena, whatever, to get get your audience to feel the emotion of motivation to want you Mm -hmm. and when you can do that when you've got that whether it's written communication uh, a a picture or whatever or a, a video or live feed once you've
0: nailed that you're in business forever so not that this would be the intention but perhaps by way of metaphor there's a style of comedian that oftentimes looks to alienate their audience to see if they can win them back over. And it's a smaller category of people. This would not be like your Ray Romano going on TV and doing something fun and light or um, you know what Ellen DeGeneres does over here on our talk show. But of of people like uh, Doug Stanhope, which are the folks who like he did the second version of The Man Show, comedian Bill Burr. What What I'm getting at here, and I'll tell a quick story to illustrate it. Here's a moment where a client came in and, you know, the whole thing was that the first concern was everything here is private, right? Because if my family found out I was doing this, they would think I was crazy. Yeah. And I then used the word back in such a way to highlight that, you know, as, as long as that word is there, um, you know, why don't we look at it instead that the fact that you're here means something different, that you're doing something about it. The chances yeah. are there's family a member of yours who are stuck inside of the problem. And if we really want to use that C word, uh, the craziness would be sort of dwelling inside of the problem and not doing anything about it. And it's as if I just lit a firecracker and, oh, no, you use that word. I just we have to cleanse the space of that word Um, that can't be here. And just this torrent of thing that responded. And I just kind of put my hands up in that timeout gesture Mm -hmm. and asking the question, how quickly can you resolve anything if just the use of one single word? can Mm. set this reaction. Mm. What happens when you reclaim the situation as yourself? So the, the question I ask you, is there a moment that stands out where you mentioned, yes, a few times, a handful of times, it didn't get the desired result. It was off to ab reaction or even tears. But what I'm looking for is perhaps, is there a story of a time that it did get that reaction and yet you were able to, let's say it this way, recover it to now turn it into a win for both you and of course the client?
1: Yes, do you know what? And I don't think I think there'll be people that say, oh, come on. I don't think I've ever offended a client in at the beginning of my consulting on during it. I tell you what, um I have had actually, and this 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 is absolutely true, where where clients have said, I need you to be a little bit more direct, Steve. Mm. I need you to now that has happened, um, and I've had to up the ante. And it's something I have to watch because, you know, in my own style, these guys are paying for a a direct, authoritarian, motivational um, weight loss uh, journey using hypnosis and other tools. And if I dilute it, which sometimes I can do without knowing it, they kind of – there is a disappointment. So there's that. Um, I've had also – I've had – and rescuing that, I just have to – Changes change my style, uh, which I do. And then I've also had a, one or two clients that have said, um, You're not believing me, Steve. I don't think you're believing me. Hmm. So, um, not believing what? Not believing that, you know, so they may say, Oh, I've only lost like half a pound and they're like 20, 22 stone and they're saying, But I've done everything and I don't feel you're believing me. Now, What do you think I say to a client that says that? I would bet that you're not believing them. I tell them the truth. I tell them the truth. So I can look, I will look at them and I'll say, do you know what? I don't believe you. You're right. And if they say, are you calling me a liar? Which is rare. I'll say, yes, I don't believe you. Now, I've never had anyone walk. Never, right? This was the first time, but they never had anyone more. And again, I guess that is a bit of a shock pattern. Interrupt to put it technically, mm-hmm. and they kind of. And this is true. I can tell you a story. I had one client. She came to see me. It was session two, and she didn't uh, up very well. And you know, lost a bit of weight. And and she gave me all this crap. And then I said, and she, I said, she said to me, Do "You don't relieve me?" I said, "No, don't." I said, no one's fat in the famine. You don't get fat on fresh air. Right. And you could see the twinkle in her eye as well. On the way home in her car, she broke down on the motorway. This is true. And she texted me and said, I've broken down on the motorway. It serves me right because I fibbed. Then we made up and then we moved on so i believe i guess what i'm saying is one of the strategies to rescue it back and build back what you've got is to challenge and stand your ground as a hypnotherapist not to be this submissive person you know who's the leader in all of this me you're a hypnot- if you're a hypnotherapist and you're seeing clients you're the leader That's what they're paying you for. And if you're not the leader and you're not demonstrating what I said, that conviction, that confidence within that leadership, you're screwed.
0: We mentioned 80-20 earlier. And tell me if this is a fair statement that you're probably getting 80% of those results from that conversation, from that interaction before the, quote, formal hypnotic process. And that 20% of the hypnosis at the end of it is helping to perhaps ratify what you've already set in motion.
1: Two things to say to that. Number one, I think you're absolutely correct, but, but, but my view on what hypnosis is, is not about just the eyes closing. Yes. I believe that it is as, as you and I communicate now, we are obviously sending suggestions to each other. And I think that is what we have to recognize
0: you know um well the entire process yes is hypnotic yet let's call it a formal you know yeah the formality yes oh you're right i mean the for
1: you know in a fat program there there is five out of the six weeks there's there's five sessions of what we'd call formal hypnosis but i say to the guys the practitioners look if you feel it's not relevant don't do it Mm. because actually sometimes And this happened to me recently. I said to the client, so should we do some hypnosis? And she said, no, I don't want to. And she said, because I get out of my sessions, you being well present and having the conversation to inspire her to understand how to change her life moving forward.
0: And sometimes you don't need to do it. Or again, the environment is what creates. I want to go back to that moment of, you know, and I'd say this again from the characteristic of someone who used to carry around the extra weight. That unfortunately, that is a process that sometimes. How much did you carry? How I was. I'm nowadays around one thirty. Uh, if you play the game on YouTube, you can play the incredible shrinking hypnotist. <laughs> like yeah. in high school, I got up to like a two hundred and ten or so. Um, in, I'm trying to work that in stones. Oh, don't make me do math. British, <laughs> so how many? Pound, do you know how if many you, pounds listen, is a stone?
1: Were, sorry, go on, man.
0: Do you know how many pounds is a stone? Fourteen. Fourteen. So fourteen divided. Uh, what's the math? Two ten. I'm doing math here live on the air. Yeah. Uh, that was fifteen stone. Uh, Fifty. Listen,
1: you yeah. were five five foot
0: four maximum. Yeah. And you were really fat yeah yeah and which the easy way to get that off is to get mono and pneumonia at the same time for like nine months that uh that Ooh. took off most of the weight so Ooh. doing the math now down around about nine and a third stone uh, if that's a calculation a tiny little thing aren't i know you? right I put, yeah I could, I could put you in my pocket and carry you around with me not at five eight so <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean it's where we what i'm getting at though is we play the game of I'm doing everything right. You know, I run into this with people in business that, oh, I was working all day today, and yet they're refreshing their outlook a thousand times. They're on social media, reposting the same crap over and over towards no result. And no, I'm eating healthy, I say, as I was going through the drive-through because I convinced myself that I was too busy. And uh, yes, the egg McMuffin is more reasonable on that menu, but two of them is a bit excessive. Mm. And, uh, oh, it comes with hash browns. I'd be losing money because that just comes with it anyway. So just kind of calling it out in such a way that sometimes there is that moment of yes, recognizing that we can help them to call out their own story that's not quite working for them yes. as, it, as and, it was before.
1: actually linked to that, yes. is, and this is a message for all of you lovely hypnotherapists out there, is – stop labeling the client as an emotional eater for god's sake did you hear that yeah (laughs) they do it all the time it's like no one can just be i've been working with fat people 20 years nearly right and i can tell you now one of the worst bloody strap lines to have come along that keeps people fat is that one called emotional eating now don't get me wrong I know and experience has taught me there are people that do have emotional issues that lead to the food for comfort, but 80% of them, are, do you know why they're fat? Well, they fall in into bad habits and they become lazy and they suffer. And I say this to a client, you're suffering with can't be bothered itis. And that isn't just about going a walk. It's about can't be bothered itis is actually about not thinking before you put it in your, in your mouth. And they agree, so actually emotion what we've got to be careful of as a hypnotherapist is telling people before they've arrived that they've got emotional eating or that it's mental health related. you know it's just ridiculous so you you have someone arriving who's already know thinks they're an emotional eater. Or they've told you they are and you've told them they are as well so all oh, great we're in this partnership Emotional eating, you know think before you deliver a conclusion on a client's condition it's very important
0: well as soon as we've said it because that's another suggestion I mean here's a guy who came into the office one time that because I've got this uh, you know mental challenge at times that's why I smoke Yet meanwhile, he could have that issue as much as he's had it and be a non-smoker at the same time, too. That one does not directly have to correlate to the other. You know, I, I've been one to expand that at times to go, well, boredom is an emotion. Uh not paying attention is some form of an emotion. Everything's an emotion. So it's not specific to the the characteristic as we'd see in the movie of crying with the sleeve of Oreos. That- no, that's a very good point. That's a very good point, actually.
1: And And the message to the hypnotherapist is, yes, emotional eating. let's say it does exist and we all have it. Let's let's imagine that for a minute. But what a hypnotherapist does too often is focus on those negative emotions rather than actually the reason you're fat Is because actually you've got a really good life and you drink too much wine and you eat too much of that. You're eating and celebrating because life's really great. So, you know, the message is stop telling clients that they've got emotional eating. They're eating because they're depressed. Trust me, my consulting There's room. There's another I suggestion. It. I hear it. Jason, I hear it all the time from clients that come and see me. And, you know, you've got to watch clients because they do moan about other hypnotherapists. I know that. So I'm I'm not daft. But a lot will say to me, you know, oh, they told me you know, it might be emotionally eating or it's because I'm depressed or my childhood or I've got mental health issues. And I think, do you know what? No, you're not. You're fat because you've gone into these habits because you've become lazy. And what I'm going to do is I am going to, using the power of hypnosis and motivational coaching, I am going to give you the biggest large helping of self-esteem, confidence, control that you will never want to be fat again. And I'll tell you something else, and I can't remember the guy's name. What we have to realise to motivate someone is that We've got to get them to have a real disgust as well as desire. Mm -hmm. And there is a guy, I wish I could remember his name, He's a New York Times bestseller. He's a doctor. I can't remember the guy's name. And he endorses massively disgust as a massive motivator. So... And and what that is really is the push and pull style of motivation.
0: Well, how do you motivate a change? There's always a stick involved. You're poking with a stick and you're dangling a carrot at the end of the stick. Yeah.
1: So last night, for example, on the dinner party, there was uh, some of the ladies. They would have on their iPhone, they would have a photo, their fat photo that they're absolutely not going back to. And they say to me, I'm disgusted with that. Good. I'm glad you are. But then at the same time, because you've got to meet both. Is they look up at the outfit they're going to be in Mm -hmm. next time and we rejoice and also we affirm, you know, power suggestion mentally, how great it is to be in control and how great it is to be slimmer, all that sort of thing. You've got to have both emotion, both styles. You've got to have the disgust. You've got to have the desire in isolation i don't believe it works
0: well i'd say this too from someone who's known of your work in some respect for the last couple of years and of course seeing some of the criticisms as well this is highlighting that again that heart that's behind it that i'm using this and Mm -hmm. you know this is what it is and here's what we're going to do to smash it um there's that old image but look at how wonderful you're going to feel when you're in that result uh for folks who want to learn more about what you do and how to get in contact with you where's the best place for them to go well, I think because it's hypnotherapists, I think come on to there's
1: a there's two Facebook groups, okay. The first one is called Introduction to Hypno Antidepressant and Fatnosis because I've just launched Hypno Antidepressant. So, Intro to Hypno Antidepressant and Fatnosis, and then the other group is called Hypnotic Client Attraction. That's that's the best way to get me.
0: Excellent. And your weight lo- website is uh, your Weight correct? That's correct. And it will
1: soon be fatnosis.com, but who cares?
0: There you go. We'll link to everything in the show notes as well. Any, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? I just love talking to you,
1: Mr. Linnet. I have, cause your face kind of gets everywhere. Um, but I just can't believe you're five foot four. What I would say to all the audience is listen, remember three C's confidence, credibility conviction continually assess yourself how well you're displaying that and continually like i do work on it as well and if anyone tells you you've got ego thank them
0: Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for sharing your feedback, whether it's by email or Facebook Messenger or, hey, leaving your reviews online. Those reviews keep pouring in as well. And once again, head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. That's where you can check out the all-access pass to my hypnosis business training library, more than three dozen action plans to get your business scaling up and starting up from a low-cost to no-cost strategy, and having the mechanisms to no longer have to reinvent the wheel and start earning even greater income helping even more people with your hypnotic skills check that out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com see you on the inside thanks for listening to the work smart hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com